0: I'm Quinn. Uh, I am from St. Paul, Minnesota, and I am riding a bike to Bakersfield, California. Um, and yeah, that's about it. I'm riding a bicycle,
1: <laughs> bike touring. Cool. How, how old are you?
0: Uh, I'm 18. Uh, I graduated from high school in June.
1: Wow, that's awesome. And how did you get the idea to do this? I
0: came across the story of this guy, Heinz uh, Stuka. Um... And from, I think, like 1961 to 2014, uh, he rode um, without stopping. Um, And I heard about him a few years ago, and I already had the cycling itch, but I was mostly doing, like, uh, you know, road riding, grand Fondos, and that sort of thing. Um, And I wasn't fast, but I could, like, you know, do distances, and I liked camping. So um, after hearing about him and that, you know, bike touring was totally a doable thing, um made sense to try it out and so I did um my first couple of tours up to five days um at home in Minnesota like around Lake Superior area um and after graduating high school um I decided that I would um ride more or less cross-country so that's what I've been doing
1: that's awesome what I mean you're pretty young what is, what's your family think of you doing this
0: I've always been kind of a latchkey kid. Um, my brother is 10 years older than me and left home when I was only 10. So for all intents and purposes I grew up an only child. Um, and my mom was a single mom who worked a lot. So from a young age I was used to being alone and I'm pretty introverted and I like being alone and I'm self-sufficient and I think reasonably intelligent. So. Um, Uh, no, my, my mom or family really didn't mind. Um, thought I was a little crazy for choosing to do, you know, travel like this on a bicycle because it's not the most efficient way of doing things. Um, but my uncle, who's an avid, um, uh, bicycle commuter kind of, uh, helped them understand because (laughs) why would you commute in January in Minnesota, um, on a bicycle? So, yeah, they trust me and know that i'll be safe and i'm not really a wild guy at all (laughs) i don't party or anything so yeah i just they don't mind
1: what what exactly is your route i mean you start you're starting at home
0: yeah so i started in st paul uh which is kind of the center of minnesota to the um but pushed all the way to the wisconsin border east so, um, I rode all the way to the far southwest corner of Minnesota, crossed over into South Dakota, and then I did the whole um, southern route across um, South Dakota, which pretty closely follows the northern tier route, I believe. Um, and from South Dakota, I went to uh, uh, crossed over into Wyoming, and I did the far southeast corner of Wyoming, crossed over into Fort Collins, Colorado, Um, did the, uh, length of Colorado, more or less, um, over Rocky Mountain National Park. Um, and then, um, I humped over that into Utah. Um, and, and, uh, I've kind of been going due west across Utah, and that's how I ran into Salt Lake City and this guy. Yeah.
1: And, and then where are you going to go from here?
0: Um... I don't really plan out much in ahead um, because I find it makes me kind of anxious when I have like sort of kind of deadlines to meet. I like to go with the flow and be able to do the kind of mileage I want to do um, without having a strict schedule. So really only ever plan like two days in advance. But um, um, from here I'm going to head um, north into uh, Idaho and then over Idaho west into Oregon and then down um the pacific uh Pacific coast highway, is that what you'd call it yeah. um down to the um longitude that is in line with um, l a and then head east to um Bakersfield, which is about um, about know, like a hundred and fifty miles north of l a so yeah.
1: and Bakersfield because
0: I have family there. I want to see, um, and I can crash for a couple of weeks and recover. I guess.
1: Yeah, we'll do Yeah. What at the beginning of the trip when you were thinking of it, what was the thing that you were looking forward to the most? Could be a place. Could be a thing.
0: Um, just seeing the seeing the U.S. from a bicycle seat. Um, I think it's a pretty common thing that bicycle tourists understand, which is that. Um, a plane, you just fly right over everything. There's no immersion. A car, you just see everything go by in a window, and occasionally stop for gas or food or a tourist trap. Um, and backpacking is just too slow. <laughs> backpacking is too slow. Um, so uh, a, a bicycle, you know, going you know 12 to 15 miles an hour and seeing the country fully immersed with it um, is is really ideal. You just see the see where you're touring, you know, 50 to 90 miles at a time and just just roll with it. Um, I hadn't really been much outside of the upper Midwest. Um, So uh, I, I wanted to see the kinds of landscapes that I had always, you know, read and seen on TV for, you know, my whole childhood. So, yeah, just see mountains for once and, you know, plains and deserts and you know, big woods and all sorts of cool stuff.
1: Yeah. You're about halfway through the trip now. Let's say what's been the best part of your experience thus far.
0: Can you be more specific?
1: I don't know something. What stands out as the just the highlight of the trip?
0: The people definitely, which I think is a pretty common one for, for bike tourists to say, but I've met some really wonderful people. Um, in South Dakota, um, Uh, I met two other folks doing bike tours, um, a guy uh, riding from Milwaukee to Oregon, um, and he's originally from Mississippi, and a guy who is from Zurich, Switzerland, um, who was riding from Atlantic City uh, to to Oregon, to Seattle, or Seattle, Washington, I should say, not Oregon. And uh, they were really awesome. Uh, I rode cumulatively with the two of them for about, a week and a half two weeks um, and yeah we just had a good time pushed each other to do you know bigger miles and it was nice to have someone to split hotel room bills with because we could get a $200 hotel room for like 100 bucks each which was you know really nice if we if we felt like spoiling ourselves like that um, and then they'd want to kick us out because we ate too much at the complimentary buffet in the morning <laughs> um, <laughs> but but hotel waffles are just so good. They're so over overly sweetened. It's delicious, um, and uh, you know we'd stop at um, uh, at a lot of places because he was from Switzerland. Um, you know America was you know you know quite literally really foreign to him. So it was a lot of trying uh, new foods, like introducing him to tater tots, <laughs> which kind of blew his mind. And uh, like fish and chips, he had been to Britain before, but hadn't really had, um, I guess, American fish and chips is what you call it. Um, And Mexican food. You don't really get cantinas and stuff in Switzerland. So, um, you know, encouraging him to try enchiladas or, you know, tacos, burritos, you know, all sorts of fun stuff like that. And it was just really fun. And uh, of course, when this guy's, you know, blown away by tater tots, the other person in the bar and the other guys in the bar and grill, like how the hell does he not know what tater tots are? I'm like, okay, he's from Switzerland. It's like, yeah, hi, I'm Alex. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. So we'd strike up conversations and eventually, um, these, these guys gave us 80 bucks each. Um, they were sitting at a table adjacent to us and we were getting some burgers and, and fries. And, um, that was the first time we tried a California burger, which, you know, blew his mind. <laughs> um, and, uh, they were like, you know, shocked that anyone would willingly ride a bicycle across the u.s let alone do it you know from switzerland um and and so um maybe they took pity on us thinking that we were bums or something when we're not we're just weird and um uh so yeah they they there's four guys at the table and each one of them gave us uh, $40 from each guy. So we both walked away with $80 in our pocket and they were like, lunch is on us tomorrow. I'm like, you just got me lunch for two weeks. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. And um, I think the, the most wonderful people were in Wyoming. Um, everyone there is just um, very, very, very kind. Um, all of Wyoming, even in Cheyenne, which is you know a metropolis by Wyoming standards, Um, everyone was just had that real awesome, you know, little, little farm town spirit and, and, and way about them. Um, I was invited to crash on people's couches and sleep in their, you know, like pitch my tent in their pastures. Um, and these aren't even warm showers hosts or anything. They were just, um, one of them was, um, a, a lady I just met in the checkout line at a grocery store when I was like getting some chips and salsa and, She was like I don't see many cyclists around here and I'm like yeah I'm doing like this this you know route and so and so and she's like wow do you have a place to stay tonight and I'm like no not really I think I would I think I'm I'm gonna stay at the RV site in town and she was like oh they're they're exclusively RVs they don't have tent sites but I have a huge you know horse pasture and you're more than welcome to pitch your tent there and and you know fill up on water or food whatever you need I'm like that would be wonderful so I just you know Followed her home in her car and pitched my tent in her yard, and it was a nice evening. Um, and uh, I've stayed with, I don't know, maybe half a dozen warm showers hosts or something. Um, and yeah, just people from all walks of life, you know, from, you know, all, of course, fellow bike tourists. But, you know, one guy who was preparing for a 22,000-mile trip around the world, and... Um, um, an older couple that had bike toured a lot, um, back in the seventies and eighties. And now we're, you know, not in physical shape to bike tour, but they loved the culture. So they hosted cyclists, um, you know, just so they could keep, keep themselves immersed in, in that world. Um, and a guy who's just like a solo adventurer, like he, uh, I, uh, had just gotten settled down he was like, okay, I'm going to go, go paragliding real quick. <laughs> and then, and then, and then when we get back, we can like chill and have a beer or something. I'm like... You're going to just go paragliding? And he was like, yeah, check out my YouTube channel or whatever. So, so yeah, he uh, we kind of talked about hang gliding and paragliding and, and that sort of stuff. Um, and then, uh, like, this one younger couple in Fort Collins with their toddler, um, and they had both done bike touring before um, being bogged down with a kid. <laughs> and uh, they were just really sweet, and um, I made them dinner, and they were, you know, they were just a really sweet kind kind-hearted couple and they had a, one of those above ground like saunas in their backyard that's kind of shaped like an oversized wooden barrel Here's with a door at one end and uh, I slept in that and it was probably the most comfortable night's sl- sleep I've had on my whole trip because it was just like sleeping inside a cedar tree's trunk or something and it was just really really pleasant And it was warm and with the thunderstorms um that night um you know the the rain falling against the tin roof was really soothing, and it was just all very pleasant and um
1: yeah it's cool why you said that like the people of Wyoming were super nice why do you think why is that
0: because <laughs> wyoming's one one big farm town i guess um I don't know um I, I i don't really know the reasons, but I think a lot of it is cultural um you know i I don't mean to sound like a broken record but they were just had that small town america spirit they were very giving um very you know talkative but not in a boring way um and 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 just so generous um and not suspicious of strangers really um at mule creek junction um which is on the south dakota wyoming border the the uh thermometer on the side of the building which was painted white so you know it's not attracting too much heat read 115 and that day I ended up getting heat stroke and like I was on the side of the road dry heaving and a rancher pulled up in his truck he took a break from surveying a fence and and saw me uh struggling on the side of the road and he was like all right throw your bike and stuff in the back and I'll bring you into town to the motel I know the folks who run the motel just say that you know Jeb and they'll give you the family and friends discount and so I, this, this hotel room was like 50 bucks and I got it for like 35. So I was very happy with that. And I spent a couple nights there just, uh, recovering cause I was in pretty bad shape after, uh, totally exhausting myself. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't really know the, the reason why Wyoming was so nice. Um, but that was just the impression I got the whole, the whole time. Never met a single person that wasn't completely wonderful.
1: Oh, that's cool. Speaking of incredibly hot weather, uh, what's been the worst or hardest part of your bike tour?
0: Um, Going across uh, South Dakota, um, there was a day uh, where it was about a 45 mile per hour headwind the entire day. Um, My average speed at the end of the day was like 4.2 miles an hour. And that was in my easiest gear you know, spinning as hard as I could. And I don't, maybe my canes probably got up, not probably didn't get above 50 the entire day. It took me 12 hours to go, I think like 30 something miles. Um, And it just completely wore me out. And of course it was also really hot and the sun beat down on me. And you don't realize that the sun is taking all this out of you when you have the wind, that's the only sensation coming in. And, uh, um... Yeah, it just like got back to my where I was tenting and I was, you know, I, I was just like the sun just took everything out of me, especially being a redhead, I'm like particularly susceptible to the sun destroying my body. Just um, like I get burnt easily and whatnot. Um And then that day just Culminated in being nothing good. There was nothing good about it. But the day that was the hardest physically on the bike was when I did the Trail Ridge Road from Estes Park, um, Colorado, um, to the summit, which I think is a little over thirteen thousand feet. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, and that was just um, forty-five miles of between a four and nine percent grade, um, just nonstop. And on a you know even with a bike packing setup, which is pretty light. Um, I just struggled Um, and even in my granny gear it was just just grinding all day and then I got to the top or about 2,000 feet from the summit and the you know the weather just turned because I went just above the tree line and all of a sudden it was like a thunderstorm and sleet and then I got to the lodge at the top where they have like a cafe and I got like hot coffee while golf ball sized hail rained down I drank my coffee there for like an hour And I was like, okay, it finally ended, I'm going to try the descent. Um, And uh, it was like gorgeous at the top, like stunning. And right as it right as I, you know, strapped my helmet on, and I was beginning the descent, it started hailing again, and it was probably marble sized hail. Um, And with the traffic, they kind of press you from all directions, especially because it's a very narrow road with no shoulders. So I found myself you know, going 35, 40 miles an hour with marble-sized hail pelting me um, for <clears throat> probably a good 15 minutes. And I just couldn't stop because the traffic uh, wouldn't allow me to stop. And uh, eventually, all of a sudden, it just stopped. And um, the sun came out and it got extremely humid and and the ice was all melting on the, on the blacktop and there was, like, steam. So I was, like, descending through this forest and it almost looked like one of those scenes from like um like you know a a Japanese uh landscape or something where you're descending through these these twisty mountain roads and um there was you know not much traffic and steam was raising off the blacktop and the sun was in my face and it was just like amazing and for about two hours I don't think I got below 30 miles an hour and so it was just amazing I didn't have to pedal at all um, and just tons of like hairpin turns and and you know you know just gaining confidence with each one and you you can lean over more and take one each one faster and uh, it's just the world's your oyster at that point for that descent um and yeah that night i just felt super uh you know the most contented i've felt in the the most contented i had felt during that whole tour because even though i completely like destroyed my body doing up that climb it was like i am not a climber by any means and uh just like it was just so rewarding
1: It's cool speaking of your bike um you're traveling like super light yeah can you just talk about your bike a little what what kind of bike is it and what are you carrying
0: uh so my bike is a 2020 fuji jari 2.5 uh it's got an all steel frame pretty basic uh drivetrain which has since been upgraded and um the the setup is definitely like a minimal bikepacking setup i have um i believe a 16 liter um you know saddle bag which is probably only at like 10 liters most of the time um and then i have a half frame bag and at the front i have like a randnearing style um, metal rack that um, I strap my system, sleep system to and like my rain gear um, and then I just like wrap my my off-the-bike clothes in the raincoat to keep them you know dry. I run um, road tires um, I think they're 20 yeah they're 28c but they mounted to like 30c um, yeah just like a sub compact gearing so great for touring
1: well yeah I mean you are traveling super lightweight so are you covering super long distances too I and mean, what's your average distance
0: my average distance daily is like 50 to 65 miles um there have been days where I've pushed you know 90 um but for the most part I just do it because it makes riding more pleasurable um and I can go a bit faster um I've done loaded touring in the past you know with two huge panniers on the front and then a, you know a big load um, and I found just, even with a super early start and whatnot, I felt like my whole day was just taken up by ride, riding, slogging along. Um, and with this, I can, you know, get to my destination by like, you know, two thirty, three p.m. And uh, I, I can enjoy where I'm staying. And if I want to go further, which is oftentimes I feel good and want to keep going, um, then I, I can just pack up real quick and, and do that.
1: So you have still about half of the trip left. What? What areas or aspects are you looking forward to on the rest of the journey?
0: Um, I'm looking forward to the, like the hills of Idaho um, and like the coniferous forests. Um, you know, I've stayed in contact with the, the Swiss friend that I met um, and he said it was really, really beautiful. It was one of his favorite states to cycle through. I mean, it's just rolling hills. At least the route he took was just rolling hills all across the state. Um, Oregon, I don't really know much uh, what to expect, but, you know, Seattle weather, I I guess. Um, But far uh, western Oregon is kind of a a desert, uh, really dry, Um, and I'm kind of looking forward to that again. Um, I liked uh, riding um, in far western Colorado into eastern Utah. Uh, And then the Pacific Coast Highway, Um, I haven't really, I've seen the Atlantic when I was like seven, but that was New York, so it was just kind of the industrial Atlantic. Um, and I haven't really seen um, the Pacific proper, so I'm really looking forward to just you know spending a couple weeks riding down the California and Oregon coast and um, immersing myself in the, the sea air, I guess, and, yeah. and enjoying the uphills and the bomb descents and stuff. So, <laughs> cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've biked across America six times, and the Pacific Coast is by far my favorite. So
0: that's what, yeah, that's what I hear from everyone. Yeah. They all love it. Yeah,
1: and it's very different than the East Coast, for mm. sure. I mean, you're you're very young, and you've done this big epic trip. If you had to give advice to somebody else your age who's doing something like this, what would you say? You
0: know, be conscious of the money you're spending, but don't um, don't be so frugal that it takes away from the experience. Um, Like, treat yourself to that Coke and a bag of chips on a rough day. Like, if that'll lift your spirits, then don't worry about spending a few dollars here and there, you know. Treat yourself to a halfway decent sit-down dinner every so often. It just, it really, at least for me, does a lot for my mental health and, you know, helps me feel, um, you know, a bit more human for a while after not showering for, you know, five days or uh, showering or or bathing in, in creeks of snow melt in Colorado or whatever um and don't be shy either like um many times i've been staying at rv parks who who have tent sites as well and i'll just like you know strike up a conversation with the folks in the tent site next to me and you know eventually we've exchanged you know you know social media and we've you know follow each other and stay in contact and just met some great people doing that so just you know one You know be conscious of the money you're spending don't be reckless with it but don't be so frugal that it takes away from the experience um and two don't be shy about putting yourself out there and 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 being willing to meet people and and mingle because it's it's really rewarding
1: also uh, before this interview started you were telling me you you work in the food industry before this or something Mm -hmm. and have you been and you've been food has been a part of your trip
0: Yeah, so one of the motivators for the trip was, um, I wanted to get exposed to culinary scenes that I hadn't um, seen or worked in, um, in the past. So, um, you know, everywhere from just like, um, really through the Dakotas and Wyoming, um, eating a lot of like bison and um, a lot of like Native American, you know, food, I ate a lot of like fry bread. Um, and I don't remember the names of some other things, but like a lot of good bean dishes and some really good vegetarian food. Um, and then into Colorado, um, yeah, just, you know, a lot of really good eclectic food. Um, but just a a lot of, um, a lot of, of, you know, uh, Colorado was a lot of game. I ate a lot of like elk and I tried like antelope and, you know, venison and stuff, um, stuff that I hadn't really had much of before. Um, and I really enjoyed it. But i've just enjoyed a lot of the you know down home cooking of the the midwest and the plains areas and um, just a lot of foods i hadn't really been exposed to much in in minnesota and uh, i'm looking forward to trying like some of david chang's restaurants in la um, and i'd really like to make uh you know like a reservation at the french laundry or something but that would be kind of a logistical problem being that these are my off-the-bike clothes and i'm not going to walk into a three michelin star joint wearing this um so yeah yeah i just i I love food food's kind of my life cycling and food so made sense to combine my two favorite things in this world
1: yeah so what are you going to do after this bike tour is over
0: i don't know sleep for a couple of days
1: <laughs> sounds good
0: <laughs> yeah uh, sleep for a couple of days uh eat <laughs> um uh um, I, I've also been exposed to a lot of regions that I'd much rather live in than the upper Midwest. So um, I hope to maybe spend another winter or so in Minnesota um, and then move somewhere um, and uh, cut my teeth in a fine dining restaurant and just keep on pursuing what I want
1: to do. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other crazy stories you want to tell? or <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh,
0: weather. Weather. I've had some fun weather.
1: Really?
0: Um, in far southwest Minnesota, about 3 a.m. I was sleeping in my bivy on a light slope. Um, and uh, there was a freak thunderstorm, and I got washed down the slope in a mudslide about 30 yards. It's completely soaked, completely covered in mud. But I was able to find a 24-hour laundromat where I uh, washed and dried out my things to the best of my ability and slept on the floor by the nice warm dryers for a couple hours until my things were done. Um, in Murdo, South Dakota, um, I was staying in a park pavilion and this is a very small town, I think like 60 people. Um, and there was a severe thunderstorm warning and I was like, okay, severe thunderstorm warming, no biggie, I've, I've got shelter and I can hide in the park bathroom if worse comes to worse. It's a cinder block building Um, And then that became a tornado warning. Um, And my phone was like, "Okay." on the radar, the purple epicenter of the storm was like less than a mile from me. And I could actually physically see it twirling towards me. Um, And I was like, oh, okay. Um, what should I do now? So um, some locals started yelling at me to get in their truck because I was like really taking it seriously once I saw the locals starting to starting to freak out. Um, and so we went to the town's uh, tornado shelter, uh, which was the vault of a bank that closed down in 1929. <laughs> the stock market crashed, and so we just hung out down there for a couple hours. And you know, you know, pretty much half the town was down there. And so we just you know talked and you know drank beer and had a good time <laughs> while the tornado passed over.
1: We better end it because it's getting pretty dark what uh give me one final piece of advice or inspiration or something
0: don't don't lose sleep over not making up miles like unless you're under some huge constraint don't worry about those 25 30 mile days you'll make it up eventually um like if your body needs a break let your body have a break if you need to take a rest day take a rest day don't don't sweat it don't worry about it um just you know If you need to lounge around in your motel room all day do that if you want to you know take a day to explore a city you've never been to then do that um yeah
1: doesn't have to be all about the bike doesn't
0: have to be all about pushing miles this isn't a race at the end of the day it's just riding bikes that's all we're doing just riding bikes obnoxious distances yeah if you're if you're a retiree or you know you're maybe not in the best shape or You've never really ridden a bike before ridden a bike before go for it just try overnighter just try an overnighter you know strap some stuff to your handlebars or bungee cord some a pack to your rat to your back back, back rack and you know go for it and just try it more people more people should try it